Michael Brantley and AJ Pollock are both reportedly on the Mariners' radar. We'll tell you why they would fit in nicely in Seattle and also discuss if the team should have any interest in Fernando Tatis Jr. here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. This is Tidane Gonzalez and Colby Patnod for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. On the show today, Michael Brantley and AJ Pollock are reportedly on the Mariners' radar. We'll talk about their potential fits in Seattle in just a moment. We'll also discuss if trading for Fernando Tatis Jr. is in the realm of possibility and rank some remaining free agents posed by Jordan Schusterman of Cespedes Family Barbecue. Uh, Colby, though, wants, uh, wants us to talk about Tatis first. So you know what? He's worn me down. We talked about it in the pre-show meeting. I was like, man, I just want to talk about the real news. And he's like, no, let's talk about Tatis first. So, all right. Let, give I'll, the people what they want. More like give Colby what he wants. So, Colby, let, let's well, talk about Tatis here. He's in First the, of all, mm. that's usually a good uh, good rule of thumb. So, um. <laughs> let, me intro, sure. let me intro this segment here, fool. The Tatis, uh, Tatis deal, uh, which is at uh, 14 years, $340 million, is now entering year three. Uh, and uh, I think the Padres are already kind of regretting that move uh, because Tatis's immaturity is showing up even more this past season. Uh, he missed the entire season after suffering an injury and a motorcycle accident and then got popped for PEDs. Uh, and so... You know, you're really early on in that contract. He's 23 years old, and that's also part of it, right? Like, you don't want to assassinate uh, Tatis's character here because he's still really young, and there's still a lot of time for him to mature and grow. Uh, but committing uh, all those dollars to someone that just right now that organization cannot trust is something that the Padres could potentially look to get out from under. And so the question is, could the Mariners uh, take advantage of that? Colby. Right. Publicly right now, the Padres are saying we're absolutely not interested in trading him. We're going to build around him. He's the face of our franchise. Uh, but we've been led to believe that that's not how they're acting behind the scenes. They're very much interested in, in seeing what if they can get out of this contract. Um, they don't trust him. Like And like Ty said, it's, it's not really hard to blame them. Uh, he basically just missed an entire season in which they were a legitimate World Series contender uh, for being selfish and reckless essentially what it really comes down to um so yeah i mean there, there's some strained relationship there the padres have also now recently acquired um obviously juan soto who they want to pay how many of these mega contracts can you fit on one payroll even though padres fans love to tell us that their owner doesn't care about money and, and all that stuff uh they're wrong <laughs> he will to a certain extent so um i i think you're coming to a boiling point here with tatis who's you know, the big money on the contract hasn't kicked in yet. I think he's only scheduled to make about $7 million this year. So uh, it's it's a very backloaded contract. So in terms of Tatis from the Mariners, I think I'm out for the same reason the Padres are out. I'm, I'm not giving $340 million to, you know, for lack of a better term, a screw-up. Um, 
if Fernando Tatis Jr. had the same discipline as Julio Rodriguez, we wouldn't be having this discussion. He just doesn't. Julio's a significantly more mature guy. Um, and as much as Tatis would help this team, which he would help any team, assuming he's healthy um, and, and able to play, uh, it's just not worth the headache. I mean, Fernando committing $340 million to, um, I mean, when you add it up, it's about $800 million would be committed to two players. Now, granted, these are two very good players. They're both very young. They're both superstars. So not the worst thing in the world, but it's just, it's not going to happen. So I, I think I would start with this. Are, are the Padres willing to eat any of that contract? And if the answer is no, then the Mariners' answer should be no. Um, and honestly, if they're not willing to eat half of it, the Mariners' answer should probably be no. There's just too much risk involved in trading for Fernando Tatis Jr. And that's before we even get into like what does it cost? It's a 23-year-old with a 14-year contract. He's going to be a free agent mm-hmm. at 35. Uh, like what? What is that worth? He's not a shortstop anymore. We know that. Never really was to begin with. He's just not good there. So he's probably an outfielder. His value goes down. I mean, as a bat, probably not a center fielder either. As a bat, he's he's not, he's not worth $340 million if he's not playing a premium position. So he's a very good player. Uh, obviously, a lot of teams would like him, but the contract is prohibitive uh, because of the um, Im- immaturity of the player itself. So just really tough to trust that guy. And, and honestly, if, if the, even if the Padres were openly shopping him, um, which I don't think they are, I think they're listening and they, they, they'd be willing to move him, but unless they're willing to eat, I mean, if they want to make Tatis Jr. Like a $200 million guy, then we could start talking. But even then, I don't know if the Mariners have the ammo to pull that trade off. Clubhouse and culture fit is such a huge part mm-hmm. in, in how the Mariners decide to target uh, trade targets and, and both free agents as well. Um, I think they're out immediately. I don't, I don't really think there's anything that the Padres could do here that would, you know, I mean like obviously if the Padres ate the whole contract or whatever, I'm sure the Mariners would have some interest, but like that's not going to happen. I don't think there's anything in the realm of possibility here uh, that's realistic for the, for, that the Padres could do that the Mariners would say, you know what? Yeah, we're willing to take this risk on because this is a lot of money. Even if you subtract half of the contract, that's still a lot of money to guarantee to a player that you just you don't know if he's going to fit what you want from a personality standpoint. You know, and this was, you know, we heard this from Jerry DePoto and crew when they extended Julio Rodriguez that, you know, we really like the player. We believe in the player and we believe in the person. You know, and that's right. the that's the thing that's most important here is if the Mariners can't believe in the person and in Tatis, and by the way, they're not going to be able to just, you know, get to know him personal on a personal level until they get him into their own organization. So you're taking on a massive risk that you can basically get this guy on the right track. And even I, like again, even if the Padres ate a substantial amount of this contract, there's still a lot of money that you were in a lot of years that you're guaranteeing to a guy that you just don't really know anything about. Right. Um, obviously the more the Padres eat of that contract, the the more expensive he gets as well. So, uh, there's yeah. a tipping point. So like, would I be okay taking the risk on Fernando Tassi? Tease Jr. at, you know, 170, $200 million. Sure. But now the cost is probably bigger than Juan Soto and the Mariners literally couldn't afford Juan Soto. So how do they afford Fernando Tatis Jr.? So 
Uh, at, I think the only way you could possibly get in on this is if you took on the whole contract. I don't see the Mariners doing that. Um, I don't know if the, if the clubhouse mm-hmm. thing would be a huge deal. I think the Mariners honestly believe that their culture is uh, good enough that they can, they can help guys, um, help particular players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, Tatis is just 23 years old. I don't want to kill the guy for being an yeah. immature 23-year-old who's got you know and, a, and, and a quarter a of a billion dollars. Perspective, by the way. Like from a clubhouse culture perspective as well, like I'm not saying that he's going to be, you know, a, a pain in the ass for lack of a better term to his teammates. But I, I, no. I think that he's not someone that the, the Mariners can necessarily rely on, that he doesn't necessarily fit in with right. the culture of what it takes to be a Seattle Mariner. Right. Can can you trust him? And right now the answer is no. I, I don't see how you could. The Padres don't believe they could either. Um mm-hmm. Like I, I would still bet pretty big on Tatis Jr. figuring it out. Just baseball family. Seems like a good guy overall. Teammates really seem to like him. Um, it's just, you know, he's a he's a dumb 23-year-old who's been given, you know, a third of a billion dollars at a young age and and told to act responsibly. That's that's <laughs> that would mess up a lot of people. It hasn't messed up Julio yet, but again, Julio is just that special. So uh, we'll see what, what happens here. I don't anticipate the, the Padres trading Tatis Jr. I think you just get to a point where, um, you know, the, the amount of money that other teams are willing to risk on Tatis maturing will get to a point that's so low that the asking price then in return for the Padres would be substantial. Because we're not talking about like a guy who's like mm-hmm. in like serious legal trouble or anything like that. We're not talking no. about that type of screw up. We're just talking about an immature kid. So... Yeah, I mean, like, if they got down to $200 million, like, what are the Mariners going to offer? Logan Gilbert, <laughs> Jared Kelnick, I mean, like, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Cal Raleigh, like, probably, right? That's that's what the Padres mm-hmm. should ask for um, if, if, you know, Tatis was, like, a $200 million player. So we'll see what happens. I don't think he's going to get traded. I know there was a guy who, you know, said the Yankees were working on that. I, I think they're checking in. I think they're doing due diligence, but... I just don't see it. I think he's going to play for the Padres this year and probably for at least the next couple of years, unless, you know, another shoe drops and, and there's another accident or there's, you know, another, you know, whatever. Suspension there's another bad decision. Yeah. yeah a destructive decision. decision that gets made. Um, yeah. At which point then I think they, they would really be aggressive with it. But again, I just, I, I see, I saw the Fernando Tati stuff popping up. I just wanted to address it uh, here because I don't think we need to talk about Fernando Tatis again. So I just wanted to get that out of the way here. I don't think we're going to have to talk about this uh, going forward. I don't want to see any fan fiction Fridays. I don't want to see any, uh, you know, mailbag Monday questions about Fernando Tatis. Our answer is no, unless something drastic changes here in the next 14 years. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, I'm also, I'm really interested to see how he bounces back from mm -hmm. this past year. You know, what's his health like? What is he like post PEDs? You know, what's the production right. like? All that stuff. Like that does have to to factor here as well. Like, is he going to be the same guy when he gets back out on the field? So, you know, and he's still really young. So I I I'm sure he will be. And you know, I'm sure he'll at least, you know, be able to get close to where he was pre all of this. But from the Mariners' perspective, and really from any Major League Baseball team's perspective, I, I just I, there's a lot of risk here to assume, and a lot of money and year commitments to assume here as well. That I just I wouldn't I wouldn't touch that situation right now. Maybe in a year or two, if the Padres are still wanting to get out from under that contract, 
we can revisit it. But right now, yeah, I'm 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 good personally. All right, so a uh, couple of players that the Mariners could land this offseason are Michael Brantley and AJ Pollock. They're apparently both in on their markets and even have an offer reportedly in on one of them. We'll talk about that in just a moment, but real quick. This episode of Locked On Mariners, as I accidentally muted myself here, uh, is brought to you by <laughs> Simply Safe. At Locked On Mariners, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Mariners listeners 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off. Here's why I love it. In an emergency 24/7 perf- Professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real, so you can get higher priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and out. Smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24/7 professional monitoring service costs under one dollar a day. That's less than half the price of traditional home security systems. And with the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system, arm or disarm, unlock for a guess, access your cameras, or adjust system settings anytime, anywhere. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash lockdownmlb today. That's simplysafe.com slash lockdownmlb. There's no safe like Simply Safe. You're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. So Michael Brantley and A.J. Pollock, those are the two players right now that appear to be in the Mariners' sights. Let's start with Brantley here. Jim Bowden of The Athletic in his most recent article today said that the Guardians, Blue Jays, and Mariners are lining up for the services of Brantley for his elite hitting skills and uh, his uh, clubhouse presence as well and his work with younger players, all that stuff. So... The Mariners have preferred to have a veteran presence in their clubhouse. Uh, and, you know, last year that was Carlos Santana. Santana, of course, has signed with the Pirates. Uh, but Brantley might be arguably, Colby, the best pure hitter left out on the free agent market at this point. Uh, he's coming off of a um, injury, um, uh, a, a season that was derailed by injuries, a uh, shoulder injury that he's currently recovering from. Uh, he's 35 years old, can't really play in the field, but still, like I said, great hitter who's posted a 120 WRC plus uh, or, or better over the last you know four or five seasons. He spent the last four seasons with the Astros, of course. And there's a bit of a connection there as well, a pretty special connection between Brantley and the Mariners. Born in Bellevue, his dad, of course, played for the Mariners for seven years. Uh, so that's... Uh, that may not give the Mariners necessarily an inside track, but it might be a special place for Brantley to play from a sentimental standpoint. So what do you think about the fit overall, though, Brantley and the Mariners? I think the bat plays really well. Uh, there's not a lot of power here. Like you're not going to get 25 home runs from Michael Brantley. You might only get 9 to 12, uh, but you're going to get a lot of doubles. Brantley's probably one of the safest bets to hit 280, 290, 300, somewhere in that range. He's going to get on base 35, 36% of the time. And I still think he's going to slug, you know, over 400. Uh, he's a good hitter. He's a, he's just a very polished hitter. He takes walks. He doesn't strike out. Um, high average guy. He's going to hit doubles. Um, so the bat plays pretty well. I think it'll play really well in, in T-Mobile as well. 
Um, so I don't have any concern about the bat being a good fit. I think, uh, you know, based on what I know about Brantley, the person, which granted isn't a lot, I think he sounds like he'll be a really good clubhouse fit. Uh, I think, I think there's a lot of value to having somebody like Brantley be around, you know, somebody like maybe Jared Kelnick, who could really use a, a you know, an outfielder, uh, particularly a left-handed hitting outfielder who's done it at the major league level and can kind of mentor, uh, a young Kelnick. So I do think there's value there. I think it's a pretty good fit overall. Again, can he play left field at all? Like, can he fake it one day a week? Uh, I, I think that's going to be pretty important because the Mariners don't want to bog down the DH spot. And if they are going to bog down the DH spot with one guy, they probably want that guy to have power, right? And Brantley just doesn't. So mm-hmm. I think overall it's it's a good fit. It's not a great fit. Um, I think the bat plays really well in, in T-Mobile. He's obviously very familiar with the division and all of that. Um, if he could play left field, like if he could fake it, once a week, twice a week, you know, twice every 10 days. Uh, I think that would go a long way, but uh, we'll have to see. The shoulder thing is is pretty serious, and, and Brantley wasn't a very good defender to begin with uh, anyway. So we'll see what happens, but uh, I'm, I'm certainly interested. I, I think Brantley's a guy that you probably hit, you know, second in this lineup, or you hit him fifth or sixth, and he definitely lengthens the lineup. He's, he's a good hitter. He's a, he's a very good hitter, and uh, – well-established and well-respected pro. Uh, so uh, I, I think you have to be, uh, I think you have to be intrigued by the possibility. It's, it's a solid fit, not, not a perfect fit. Yeah. I, I really like the fit here uh, between the two sides. I tweeted that I hope something gets done here because I think Brantley, especially from a clubhouse perspective fits really well. And again, probably, you know, arguably the best pure hitter that's still left out on the free agent market right now. It's not going to cost you a ton. You don't get have to get into a long-term commitment with him either. So he fits, you know, what the the front office seems to be aiming for as well. Uh, and um, yeah, like you said, he he lengthens the lineup, hits for a high average, high on base guy, uh, and he's you know going to slug it still a little bit, even though that he's not going to be hitting you know for a lot of over the wall power. He's still going to hit you know his fair share of devils and all that. So that's that would be great to add. Um, you know, because really what the Mariners are lacking right now, or, or, you know, at least lack towards the end of last season was someone that can help move the line on the base pass. You know, it's someone that's not just a home run or bus type of, uh, type of hitter. And so honestly, I would sacrifice the home run power, uh, in the DH spot to have someone like Brantley, because I think that the, the Mariners have enough guys that can do that damage that can hit bombs, you know? And so you need more guys that can just get on base and, Brantley does that a lot, so I would be all for that. So, yeah. um, Michael, uh, just real fast on Brantley, mm-hmm. the career high in strikeouts for Michael Brantley in a season, 76. Yeah. That was in his third year. He's never struck out more than 76 times in a season. He puts the ball in play a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the one thing is like, you know, there's a little bit of concern about how he bounces back from the shoulder thing, sure. you know, shoulders, especially for guys that are in their mid thirties is, is something that is of concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I would really like taking this shot on, on Brantley if I were, uh, you know, for the Mariners. So, uh, the other guy that, uh, the Mariners apparently have their eye on is someone that you've talked about quite a bit as a potential platoon option with Jared Kelnick. That's AJ Pollock. Uh, former Dodger and White Sox, and it seems that the uh, the Mariners are actually neck and neck with the Dodgers for Pollock's services. Scott Gehrman of Dodger Blue uh, is, uh, which is a certified or a rather credentialed uh, website that covers the Dodgers, has reported that uh, AJ Pollock has offers from both the Dodgers and the Mariners. So. 
Colby, uh, if Pollock accepts the Mariner's offer here, and um, because this is coming from a reporter from a credentialed outlet, I think there's you know no reason to not believe this here. Uh, if Pollock accepts this offer, then how does he fit in for the Mariners? Yeah, he's the stray platoon guy with Jared Kelnick. It seems like a pretty obvious fit. Um, probably get some at-bats against righties as the DH2 as they cycle through. Um, but a good fit. You know, last year, uh, um, crushed lefties. I think he had a percentage over 600 against them. Uh, 161th in, in all of baseball against left-handed uh, pitching. So crushes lefties. It's worth noting he's also he was also in 2021 very good against righties, better against righties than lefties. Uh, struggled this year. Uh, he had some injuries that he was dealing with. Uh, the White Sox had a ton of injuries that they were dealing with. So it left Pollock in a lot of uh, unfavorable matchups for his skill set, which might lead to some of the uh, you know overall number concerns that we see. Uh, 35, he's still actually okay. He, he runs the bases pretty well. Uh, 60th percentile in sprint speed, almost 28 feet per second. That's actually, you know, pretty significant for the Mariners who are not, not a, a fleet of foot team, um, outside of two or three guys. So, uh, and you know, oddly enough, he actually graded out pretty well in center field last year. The few times he played out there, um, in the corner, he's going to be fine. He's probably about average in a corner. Um, Outs above average, doesn't like him as much as uh, defensive runs saved, I believe is how the metrics shape out. But anyway, you look at it, you look at the numbers uh, overall uh, defensively, and you kind of look at you know just what people are saying. And I would say he's probably solid average. And he can play all three outfield spots if you really need him to. Um, I think this is a guy that if, if the plan is to get him you know, 350, 400 plate appearances, uh, mostly against lefties, then I, I think that he can really help your team. Uh, against lefties, you can hit him anywhere in the lineup, one through nine. And he was really good in 2021 uh, and 2020 and 29. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's a good hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, he just happens to crush lefties, and he's a really nice compliment to, to uh, Jared Kelnick, if Kelnick can, in fact, you know, hit major league pitching to any <laughs> degree of uh, regularity in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he can't, you know, Pollock's the guy who's good enough to, to play every day, uh, you know, for – a month or two until you can find another solution. So okay. I, I think Pollock's a really good fit. Yeah, Pollock didn't walk much this past season, but he sliced no. 286, 316, Never 619 really does. Uh, against lefties. That's a 161 WRC+. plus. On the flip side of it, against righties, 69 WRC+. plus. Nice, right, but, but also not nice. Look at his 2021 numbers real fast. Yeah, the 2021 numbers are a lot better uh, against both sides. So that's... Uh, yeah, you know, so it's just it seems like it might be just a little bit of an outlier year in terms of the struggles uh, against righties. So uh, you might get a, an actual um, you know a guy that can hit, that can hit both the uh, both sides pretty well, and you can uh, put into the lineup really no matter what. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that would be a nice add uh, for Pollock. So now the question before we hop on over to our next segment is: Can both Michael Brantley and AJ Pollock coexist on the same roster together, Colby? Yes. Brantley's the primary DH. You sit him sometimes to get other guys' DH days off. Brantley's not so good that you have to have him in the lineup, so you stick him in left field if it's not a good uh, ballpark for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Pollock is can play all three positions. He can also DH. Uh, yeah, it, they easily coexist. You can have them both in the lineup at the same time. You can have them both on the bench at the same time. Uh, and you can easily find at-bats 
uh, based on matchup between the two of them. If you get to a point where you have to decide which one to start, they, they complement each other pretty well. So, yeah. So Jordan Schusterman, friend of the podcast and one half of Cespedes Family Barbecue, has put out a list of nine free agent hitters and is having Mariners Twitter rank them by their preference. And we're going to join in on this and rank them ourselves in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked on Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and world cup we've got it all at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at betonline as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more betonline is where the game starts and you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast all right so Jordan Schusterman, one half of Sasmith's family barbecue and Mariners fan, has put out a list of, as my phone rudely dings there in the background, apologies for that, folks, uh, but he's put out a list of uh, nine uh, free agent hitters that are remaining out on the market and is having Mariners Twitter rank them by their preference. So we're going to join in on this. So, Colby, I'm going to tell you the nine hitters, uh, and then we're going to go through these. Uh, one by one. So Michael Brantley, who we just talked about quite a bit. J.D. Martinez, who we talked about on a show a couple uh, a couple of shows ago. Uh, Andrew Benatendi, who is still out there and is probably the most notable name that's still out there. Brandon Drury, who I really like. Andrew McCutcheon, who has all the swag in the world. That would be a lot of fun. Michael Conforto, uh, obviously Seattle guy. Uh, so some connection there. Uh, Trey Mancini, Joey Gallo, Will Myers. I'm, we all know you love Will Myers, Colby, so I expect he'll be pretty high on your list here and then Jurickson Profar so uh, let's start from the bottom up for me Joey Gallo's at the bottom of this list I have no interest in Joey Gallo I have no interest in trying to fix him I don't like I just go get go get someone who's good now Uh, yeah Jordan should have replaced uh, Joey Gallo with uh, AJ Pollock if we're being honest Uh, Gallo is a, a no so he's at the bottom and it's it's frankly not close he's in a tier by himself Mm-hmm. No thanks. All right, Trey Mancini for me is number eight on my list. Um, two words for you, Mark Rogers. Moving We're not on. Gonna, no, <laughs> no. Um, unfortunately for me, as much as I love the swag, uh, Andrew McCutcheon's probably number eight mm. on this list. Uh, he's just—I don't know if he's got bat speed left. I don't know if he can hit lefties. He's not a good defender either. I love Andrew McCutcheon. I'd love to see him in the Northwest green. Um, I just don't see much of a fit here. He's pretty close yeah. to the next, to the next guy on the list though. And I have a feeling we're going to, you're going to have McCutcheon here uh, next. So um, like there's, I'd much rather have McCutcheon than, than Gallo. Uh, and I think he's in the same tier as a couple of these other guys, but I just, I question whether or not the, the skill set's still there. Yeah. By the way, I cannot count. There's actually 10 guys here, not nine. So <laughs> coming in at number eight on my list then is Andrew McCutcheon, of course. Uh, yeah, he's just he's not a very good hitter anymore. Uh, I would love, you know, I obviously love the personality and just love the player in general. You know, uh, I'm a big Andrew McCutcheon guy. Uh, but at this point in his career and given what the Mariners are looking for right now, I just don't really see a fit. So, Yeah. Um, not going to be mad if they sign Andrew McCutcheon. That would be awesome. Uh, yeah. 
And I, I do think that his veteran uh, leadership would uh, would help in that clubhouse. But yeah, uh, my number eight is actually Trey Mancini. Um, I just Mark he's Rogers. overrated. But no, he's, he's just overrated. <laughs> he's like a 104 WRC plus guy, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's helpful, but he can't play the outfield. He shouldn't play the outfield. He's really a first base slash DH, and he hasn't hit since 2019. I mean, yeah. it's a great story. Don't get me wrong. And, and again, Mancini could help the Mariners, but not as much as some of these other guys because he doesn't help you defensively or on the base pass. And as bad as is average, it's like adding a JP Crawford level bat. Yippee! <laughs> yeah. Well, what is there to be excited about? I don't. I don't get the fascination with Mancini. To be perfectly honest. Yeah. Uh, Jerickson Profar comes in at number seven on my list here. Uh, not a huge Profar guy. Uh, he would help, uh, or he does kind of fit what the Mariners have described they're looking for in terms of someone that can, mm-hmm. you know, potentially play on the corners of the infield and even the outfield, but he's not a good outfield defender. And uh, he's an okay hitter, you know, he, he gives you some value on the base pass. He's, uh, but I just, eh, I don't know. I, I would like to see the Mariners do better than, than Profar this offseason, personally. Yeah, Profar is next up for me as well. The ability to play some of the infield uh, is is really interesting. And he is an above-average bat. I think he's about a 110 WRC plus guy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he's he wouldn't be a bad ad. It's just, he, he was a 110 WRC plus guy this past year, but then he was an 86 WRC plus guy right. the year before. And right. he's kind of, Not a he's lot actually of power. basically been like up, down, up, down, down, up, his, down. Whole, yeah. his whole career. Yeah. There's really no power to speak of here. Uh, his switch hitter, uh, which is nice. Again, he can play the infield positions, which is nice, and he's okay defensively. But eh, I, like I said, if he's, if he's what you add, fine. Uh, but he's a guy who's going to hit. Seven, eight, nine, regardless of the matchup, and he's just, yeah, yeah. he's fine. Like, and, he's I, and, all, and I would be very worried that I'm buying one of his blow up years too, because again, right. like, there, like, so he had a 110 WRC plus this past season, then a 113 in 2020, then a 107 in 2018, but then all the years other than that, 60, 75, 75, 36, 90, 86. Yes, yeah. and so, I think, I think he's a guy who's probably going to get multiple years. Yeah, I think somebody's going to give him two years, and I'm just, no thanks. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm passing on him as well. All right, uh, Will Myers is uh, number six on my list. Uh, yeah, I know sacrilege. Yeah, yeah, I know tisk tisk. Uh, we all know mm-hmm. that you're on Will Myers's payroll. Of course, you you have to mention them. You're legally obligated to uh, mention Will Myers on every episode of the show, uh, at least according to the YouTube comments. Um, I like Will Myers. He's a good platoon fit. He can play some first base, all that. Um, he's just not super exciting, right? <laughs> and I prefer the guys that are above him on this list over him. Just as simple as that. Uh, yeah, number six for me is is actually I'm going to say Brandon Drury. Just because I don't see the, the I don't see the roster fit, to be perfectly honest right, with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's never played the outfield. He's really more of a third baseman than a second baseman. I mm-hmm. if if the Mariners hadn't mentioned that they were also interested in corner infield help, which is still weird to me, by the way. I don't quite get that. I he wouldn't even be on our radar because he's not a second baseman. Like he he's a third baseman who can play some second, he can play some first. I mean, maybe you could put him out in left field for a cut. Like, I wouldn't be mad. If they if they acquire Brandon Drury, I'd be pretty happy about that. But like, I just look at the rest of these guys on this list, and I'm like, is there really a fit here? I I I don't know. I I don't quite see the the smooth fit, uh, unless you just want to 
you know, DH him a lot, which maybe. Mm -hmm. All right. Conforto comes in at number five on my list. I like Michael Conforto, but there is the worry in the back of my mind about how the year off from playing baseball entirely is going to impact him and coming off of a significant shoulder injury as well. There's just too many question marks here. And I do kind of feel like he'll end up getting multi, uh, like a multi-year deal because he's a Boris guy, and Boris is just a wizard when it comes to that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like I would be thrilled if they signed Michael Conforto. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot here that gives me hesitancy. Yeah. Uh, next up for me is JD Martinez. Again, this is more about fit. I just he's a DH only. Like there is not an option for him to do anything else. He's a DH only. That hurts his value. And he's coming off of a an okay year, but not a great year. The power got sapped. Um, I just I, I have a real I have a real issue with just lot, you know, just just you know blocking up at bats by having a full time DH. And JD Martinez is a good bat still, but he's mm-hmm. not an elite bat. And again, he cannot play in the outfield. Just can't do it. Yeah. So I for those reasons, I'm I'm not all that high on JD. I'd be fine with it. But again, like now you have to go get a real outfielder, uh, like a legitimate one, uh, instead of maybe get going and, and, you know, getting two guys to kind of fill. Uh, now you have to go get like three, essentially. So mm-hmm. I just, I'm not, I'm not huge on JD Martinez. It'd be fine. But mm-hmm. yeah. Number four on my list is Andrew Benatendi. I just find mm-hmm. him really overrated. Uh, he's a good player, don't get me wrong, but he's not like, He's not a perennial all-star type of player. He doesn't really have a ton of power to speak of. And he may very well get like six years and $100 million this offseason. And I'm just, I'm super out on that. So he still makes it on number four because, you know, at number four because he's a really good player. And if the Mariners ended up signing him, like, yeah, I don't think that contract would look very good. But also it's Andrew Benatendi. So cool. Yay. Um, But yeah, I just... I'm not a massive Andrew Benatendi fan, and I think that contract's going to be a little ridiculous wherever he ends up signing. Yeah, I didn't really take contract too much into account here. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't see the Mariners paying what Benatendi apparently wants. Uh, but yeah. my next up is actually Brantley for similar reasons to JD. He's, he really shouldn't be playing in the field. He's a DH. Uh, but Brantley's going to hit for a higher average. He's going to get on base a little bit more. I feel I feel good about that. And he's a left-handed bat, which the Mariners need much more than a right-handed bat. So, uh, Brantley and JD pretty similar. I think both would be fine. Like I, I, I said, the only person on this list of who are the Mariners side, I'd be like, Ugh, would would be Joey Gallo. Um, I really don't feel like there's a big gap between, you know, number seven and number one. Uh, to be quite honest with you. So, uh, but yeah, I, I just think Brantley and and Brantley Martinez Mancini. Drury, I just have questions about how they fit. Like, how how do they fit on the roster? Well, those are my top three guys, Colby. <laughs> you have so Mancini for, that high? Ugh. Oh, wait, wait, no, no, no. I don't have Mancini. I, I, I didn't. I, I was going to say, didn't you have Mancini? Yeah, no, I had Mancini below me. Yeah, I, so. uh, no, I, I, I spaced on you mentioning Mancini there. But uh, Drury, Martinez, and, and Brantley are my top three here. Uh, number three Yuck. for me is, uh, <laughs> is Brandon Drury. Um, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Drury, um, I do think that there's some use for Drury on this roster, uh, especially the corner infield aspect as well, because Gino played so much on the hot corner this past season. Even with his injury, he still mm-hmm. played 150 plus games. Um, 
I would like to give him a blow here and uh, you know every now and then and and with someone that has a little bit better of a bat uh, at least in my opinion than Dylan, uh, than Dylan Moore. Um, Drury made some legitimate swing changes and yeah he did get assisted quite a bit by a Great American Ballpark this past season and he did kind of fall off a little bit when he went to San Diego but he still hit for quite a bit of power and I think that's real. I think that's something that's going to stay and I think he's someone that you can rotate through the DH spot a little bit better than someone like Martinez or Brantley. Um, but there's also, you know, a, a risk that you're taking that maybe he is a fringe major leaguer again. You know, maybe he's maybe this was just an outlier. Maybe this was just a, a one and done. So, um, but overall, yeah, I, I, I like Drury's fit. Um, and I think they can do a couple of uh, different things with him. And um, it gives them a little bit more versatility roster wise than some of the other guys on this list. Like, I guess, like, can you get Drury to play third base? 30, 30 times a year mm-hmm. can you get him 20 starts at second base can you get him you know 20 starts at dh and can you get 10 out of them in left field and you can yeah. kind of piece it together that way just a little messy is all i would say um i guess uh next up for me would probably be um what number are we at number three number three yeah okay uh number three for me is uh it's Andrew Benatendi. Uh just mm. because the the number uh I like I said what you said about the contract is 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 true. He's probably he's wanting 100 million dollars. I kind of doubt he gets it, but maybe it gets close. Uh Benatendi is an everyday outfielder. Uh you sign him, you lose Kelnick at bats, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but you don't want to give up on Kelnick. So it's kind of a, a a tight squeeze there. He's a gold glover in left field, but there's not a lot of power there. Uh he's coming off a career year in terms of on base. He's typically, you know, a 3 30 on base type of guy and he's going to hit 15 home runs just not really a super special profile and how valuable is is left field defense now i mean you watch jesse winker last year you'd say it's pretty darn valuable but mm. um yeah i just think the the cost here is going to be outweigh the the value that you're going to get from ben attendee um and i do feel like you're buying a little bit high uh because he is 370 on base or whatever it was this year that's that's not who he is so um i just yeah, I don't want to give that guy $20 million a year. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about Brantley and Martinez here just in one swing. Uh, Martinez I would rank two, and, and Brantley I would rank one, but they're basically similar profiles in how they would fit mm-hmm. the roster at least. Um, for me, you know, everything that I said about Brandon Drury and the versatility, you know, roster versatility aside – I just want to lengthen the lineup by any means necessary. Right. And to me, J.D. Martinez and Michael Brantley are the two best bats that fit what the Mariners are actually uh, looking for in terms of contract um, and just you know veteran uh, presence, all that. Um, again, you know Brantley is arguably the best peer header left on the market. J.D. Martinez just destroyed left-handed handed pitching last year. Mm-hmm. 175 WRC plus, something crazy like that from J.D. Martinez. Yep. So either one of those guys significantly lengthens the Mariners lineup. It makes sure. them even more of a legitimate threat. And so for that reason alone, I, I you know, you, they're talking about adding impact, right? Justin Hollander's talking about adding impact. Jerry is talking about adding impact. And really it doesn't matter in what way or what form that takes – and so going off of that, yeah, they're both full-time DHs. They shouldn't play in the field. 
but you get significantly better as an offense. And I think the Mariners should prioritize that at some point this mm. offseason. Brandon Drury so high because of the versatility, but when it comes to the top two, versatility doesn't matter. Um, number two for me. I literally said you I, know, I know. all that stuff by, aside. By the way, by the <laughs> way, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip uh, Drury and JD. Um, okay. Yeah, you talked me to Drury a little bit with the you know you can kind of piece together the probably what 80, 90 starts you need uh, to make yeah. that worth it. Yeah. Um, number two for me is gonna be Will Myers. Uh, you guys know how much I like him. Uh, unlike Trey Mancini, he is an outfielder who can play first base instead of a first baseman who stands in the outfield sometimes. He crushes lefties. He's pretty good against righties, so you're protected if Kelnick uh, falls flat on his face. You're also protected uh, if, you know, if slash when Ty France gets hit on the wrist again and he has to miss a week, you're you're okay there. Um, he actually checks a lot of the boxes instead of you having to squint and be like, well, maybe if you do this and this. You guys know why I like Will Myers. Uh, number one for me is Conforto. I, I want the upside. Uh, I'll, I'll okay. take the upside in that spot. Um, you know, there's a chance that Michael Conforto is a 130 WRC plus guy who plays average defense in left field. I can DH him. I can rotate him through. He's not going to take at-bats away from Kelnick at all. Um, and there's a really good chance that he is the second best hitter on my team come the end of the year. And I think I can get that guy for one or two years and at a reasonable AAV. So mm. that's why I'm interested in Conforto. So I, I, I think Conforto for me is number one um, just because I'm, I'm, I'm shooting for the upside of an everyday player. Uh, and I don't know if anybody else on that list is, is truly an everyday 600 plate appearance type of player. Gotcha. I like that our lists are uh, pretty different from one another. And, you know, my list of course is better though. So that that claim has never gone well for you when we put things to the test. I'm just saying that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast for Colby Patnode. I'm Tidy Gonzalez. I'm just going to ignore everything that he has said here. Uh, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at hello underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, the C-A-N-E, G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now, for your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast featuring the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow peace